What is up, everybody? Welcome to Extra Content. Welcome to the final, final episode of the year, as I finally made a decision on it. And this one, as we talked about on the final Monday show, my top 11 AEW figures and uh, WWE elites, I said, you know what? I'm going to do a list of my top 11 of legends. And because I'm not a big fan of McFarlane, just of my favorite McFarlane uh, action figures I picked up, I have realized I, I decided to do six with that because I think I only bought like eight different McFarlane figures, which um, I just didn't. Or I just didn't. Uh, once again, I'm just not a big fan of, of his stuff. But also, at the same time, the reason why I'm not is because it's so heavily focused on Batman and Superman, which we know why. It just I just don't care for it. I say, you know, what? I'm gonna make this entire own, entirely own show. And I also want to talk about the top 11 moments in the MCU. And also, I couldn't, I, I couldn't um, really do that with DC because DC only had uh, what Suicide Squad, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Like they didn't really have much this year. Now next year, oh my God, they have the Flash, they have the Batman, they have Black Adam, they have Aquaman, they have four heavy hitters. So. We're going to see everything they bring to the table. And, and plus, I really got away from the TV shows. I did watch Titans. You guys, that's in the archives. Um, but I just, I just stayed away from it because MCU came back so hard this year. It was easier to touch on that than DC. So let's, let's get into the top 11 MCU legends that I bought this year. Remember, these are the ones that I personally went my way to buy. Um, not the ones that I may not have bought and you guys may think are dope. Because you guys may have them. But I might not have wanted another, I don't know, Iron Man or whatever. So these are the ones uh, top level that I bought. So number one, these are in no order, by the way. Uh, Jim Lee's version of Rogue. Uh, it was an updated version of it. For those of you who had never owned the Jim Lee version of Rogue, which is the yellow and green one from the X-Men animated series, that was a very expensive figure for a very long time. I remember I was going to buy one at Comic-Con. And I want to say when I was at Comic Palooza, and I was doing uh, my thing there, and that thing was like eighty to a hundred bucks, right? And I think I've only paid eighty dollars for one figure. Now that I'm thinking, well, yeah, I think it was eight dollars for one figure, and it was a Spider-Man twenty ninety nine figure. That was like maybe a couple years ago. So I so figure, and it's, here's the funny thing: I was even on the fence about that because when I first talked to the comic book shop owner, he was like, man, this is a hundred bucks, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I said, all right, cool. Let's set up a time for me to pick it up. I, and I went out of town for something, but I was gone for like three weeks. No, I was gone for like a month now that I think about it. So I completely forgot about it. And then one day I'm like, oh man, wonder if he still has that figure. So I go to the place and I'm looking around like, oh, he doesn't have it. Well, he kept it. He completely forgot about it. He kept it behind his register for for the entire month. And by that time, he had lowered the price on it. Um, so it was like 80 bucks. That's the only thing. And I really want, and I know they came out with a reprint of it and everything like that. Well, on the uh, Spider-Man, the animated series, uh, Mint Card or whatever. But this one was worth it, though. You know, this, just, uh, it was its own thing and not associated with that. So... Uh, anyways, this version of Rogue was just more updated. It was just good to have it at the $20 price point because I like Rogue. I really do, and I need one in my uh, catalog. However, it's just kind of like, dude, like, 100 bucks though. 
And on top of that, most of the time she was a loose figure. This one I did see a Compalooza was in the box, but man, the box was dingy. It just wasn't something I wanted to invest in. If that makes any sense. Number two is Sam Wilson, Captain America from the MCU. That entire wave is the only wave of MCU figures I can say I purchased where I'm like, all right, cool. I'm glad I have each figure, but you had to buy each figure to get the Captain America wings. So either way, you had to do it. And actually how it happened was, I know you guys, because I've been hearing, hearing a good feedback about when I tell stories about how I got the figures. I'll tell you guys this quick story. Um, so I, I go to Walmart and... I think the first, no, I was in Target, excuse me. And I'm behind this mom and this son. The son is, I mean, no disrespect by this, I'm actually being honest. He was mentally challenged. And so I'm trying to zip past them without being rude and get to the toy section because it was like 7.02. But like they were just like there. And finally she was, she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. By this time, we were both in the same section. He's looking, he's looking. He picks up the only Captain America Sam Wilson there is. He's like, all right, cool, boom. Now, I don't think he realized that you needed all the figures to get the wings. So they walk away. I'm like, fudge. And so the only figures they had were Zemo, Loki, Winter Soldier. Who was the fourth one? I can't think of the fourth person in that wave. As a matter of fact, I have, a, I have one right for one, one second. Uh, uh, let's see. And Vision, the white Vision. And um, no, that was seven figures in the wave. Yeah. So they, the only two they didn't have was Wanda and Captain America. But. They had White Vision, Loki, Winter Soldier, U.S. Agent, and Baron Zemo. So now I'm like, well, I don't really want five and not the, other, the last two. So I say, you know what? I'm going to hide these, which I did. I actually, I've never done it before. The first time I ever done it, I was actually a, a scumbag here. I hid the five, and I went to like three different other targets to see if they had anything. They had nothing else. No, these other targets didn't have anything else. Went back to that Target, which was the one by my house. Grabbed, I, I mean, this was like now like an hour and a half, two hours later. So I was like, I'm not sure they're going to be in the hiding spot. But they were. Picked them up. And it took a while to find the wand. I want to say it took like two weeks to find the wand. That, that's, that was the only toy hunt I did all year long. Um, it, because I ended up like, I was going to work. And I ended up randomly seeing the Sam Wilson Captain America. So I picked him up. So I had him, and I, I refused to open any of these figures until I got all, because I wanted to get the, I wanted to, that, the only reason you get is for the wings. And it's funny, because Jonathan answered me a good point. He was like, the only thing I want, he was like, you have to remember, like, because he's a spot collector. He's like, if you look at his collection, it's a statues, and some, it's some toys, but like, his toys are so random. And he made a good point, he's like, dude, this is a moment in time where, like, this is we're not gonna be able to get this again. And I thought about it, I was like, no, that's right. He's right about that. Like, and so, anyways, um, I, I think how I, I don't know how I found Wanda. I don't know. I don't even remember where I know I know how I found Wanda. I was going to get my hair cut, and I just so happened to stop at this Walmart that I very rarely stop at because it doesn't really have much most of the time. Like, 
I've maybe found one or two things at this Walmart, but usually it's like older stuff that they have. Like this Walmart, like how I told you guys before about how Colorado gets a lot of things late. So after the waves have passed Texas, like once I see Instagram and it hits Texas, I know we're going to get like a month later. Maybe two weeks later, excuse me. And so everything's happening, blah, blah, blah. I'm assuming that this, because this, this, this wave was just gone. Like even when they announced pre-order for that wave, like at the, the day of the finale of uh, Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon, that pre-order was sold to freak out. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, this is freaking crazy, you know? And so I'm sitting there, I'm just like, all right, whatever. And so um, I just knew that that was going to have to be a toy hunt. And I randomly went to that Walmart because I was going to pass it. I said, you know what? I got an hour before it because I get my hair cut so early sometimes that I don't want to be, that I, get, I go through traffic and heavy traffic in the morning to get there. So I was just like, man, let me just go ahead and F it. I'll just go ahead and freaking just stop at this Walmart. I got an hour. I stopped and I ended up seeing another Captain America, which I did pick up just to have in a box. In case I ever meet Sam, um, not Sam, um, Anthony Mackie and he gave him an autograph. It. And um, I saw, and it was the only Wanda there. And a guy walked up and was like, is that the only one? I was like, yeah, dude. I said, you have Captain America yet? I can get this because I already have one. He was like, nah, bro, I'm good. You can have it. I said, nah, dude, you want it. I'm not a scalper. I'm a collector. I, this, this, just, this will be just extra for me. But if you want this cap, it's all yours. He's like, nah, man. He's like, I want them all at the same time. I was like, man, brother, I'm, I haven't opened the other ones I got. <laughs> he was like, really? I said, dude, they're in my car. I haven't opened any of them because I've been waiting to get Wanda to get the, to put the wings together. And he was like, ah. Oh. He was like, fair enough. He's like, all right, man, have a good one. I was like, man, try to target. I don't know if you ever found it, you know. Um, it took me like another three or four months before I finally saw another Wanda in stores, but I've only seen Wanda in stores twice. And it was once when I bought, well, actually I bought both, 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 both times. I bought that one for freaking Jonathan Esther, but I've only seen her in stores twice outside. Of that, I've never seen her. She was like the hardest one to collect, which is crazy. Anyways. Yeah. That one was very special. And I actually had that one setting up like the wings. There. It's dope. It's a, it's, it's one of the dopest MCU figures, MCU legends of all time. Number three, J. Jonah Jameson from Spider-Man, the animated series. Just having a comic book accurate J. Jonah Jameson. The only J. Jonah Jameson I ever had was from the amazing, no, from the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. And, um, which is dope. It came with a table and everything. I never, I haven't, I haven't opened them yet. I might open them one day. You actually will open them one day. It's a table and you break it or whatever. But getting the, the actual comic book accurate, you guys know how I feel about that. Comic book accurate stuff is just much better for me. Number four, I am worthy Silver Surfer, which was a Walgreens exclusive. I honestly didn't do much of a hunt for it. I literally got a text message from someone, another collector, was like, "Hey, I got my I am worthy." He's like, "Have you tried stopping on Walgreens?" And I said, "Nah." As I'm saying that, matter of fact, no, we're on the phone, we weren't texting. I said, "Nah, I haven't really tried." I said, "I'm about to pass the Walgreens now. I should probably stop." They said, "No, you probably should do." I said, "All right, cool, whatever." I was on my way to work, so I stopped there. It was the first one shot, one kill. What's the deal? You know, and that was it. But he's pretty dope. He's car- darker in color. I know the story. Uh, actually, Jonathan Esther put me onto that story. So I know about it. Um, but anyways, yeah, it was it was pretty dope. So um, I like that one. Number five is from the Bring It On, Bring On the Bad Guys collection. Lady Deathstrike. She just looks magnificent. I, I really can't wait until next year. When I'm, I'm actually moving, in, uh, not cross country, maybe a few states away. And um, 
I have a room that's going to be dedicated to my collection. I can't wait to set fight scenes and everything like that with um, Wolverine and his his, his Rose Gallery. Uh, I, I do think he is one of the most underrated Rose Galleries. And I thought, about, I, I thought about doing a show about his Rose Gallery and how underrated it is between Silver Samurai, Saber 2, Lady Destra. Like, like he just has a rich history of rogues that we just don't talk about enough, in my opinion. So, number six, the Kingpin. Um, to me, the only thing I was frustrating about this Kingpin is that just two years ago there was a build a figure Kingpin where I went, I when I went around the world looking for this mother bleeping. I I can't remember the, I can't remember the last figure that I needed um, to complete. I think I just need his like left leg or something like that, and it was a random figure I found in GameStop. And I finally completed him. So I just I completed the, the builder figure. But actually having him mints in box is much better. But just ha but having two of them is pretty freaking cool. As you guys know, I don't like doubles. But this scene, this one, how big he is, how frustrating his and what's gonna animated series Spider-Man stuff is just is just super dope. Number seven, Magneto, House of X, white on white, just dope. I, the only ones I have from the House of X wave is Magneto, Moyer, McTaggart, and Wolverine. Um, all of them are dope. I don't think they're must-haves, but I think I think seeing the different versions of Magneto is actually pretty cool. Number eight, Falcon, the comic book accurate Falcon. I've never actually had one. He, he comes in the red and white, just super dope. I may never open him because that's the only. I, I only saw. I saw. I think in this wave it was Kang and Falcon. I only saw Kang and Falcon twice. No, once, and that's when I bought them. Outside of that, I have never seen those figures again. Ever in the stores. That way, when so it wasn't like it was a tremendous wave, but it was a tremendous. No, it was. It was a great comic book accurate wave, you know. And it was just crazy how uh, I saw them once, and I only had forty five dollars on me because I have this really bad habit of not necessarily leaving my wallet anywhere because I don't leave my wallet anywhere, thank God, but leaving my credit card, my debit card, somewhere in the car or in the house or whatever. Well, it was I. I <laughs> I went to uh, the front and said, hey, I just need to go outside to get my credit card. Can you hold this for me real quick? No, nah, we can't hold anything. I was like, like, Target and Walmart employees are like really no help at all sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it, Target's better than Walmart, but sometimes it's just not help. I'm like, dude, I said to, I said to the person, I was like, bro, like, I'm I'm literally walking to my car just to get my credit card. It's in, it's in my fucking glove box. He's like, yeah, I can't do anything. So a woman who, uh, another woman who works there, a young lady was like, I'll hold it. Wait, I said, give me five seconds. I'll run to my... She's like, you don't need to run, dude. You don't need to run. You know, I end up tipping like 10 bucks or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was just really crazy how that was. Um, number nine, the Sandman from the Spider-Man animated series. My only... First and, my, first and only time I've ever seen a Sandman action figure. Um, the other ones kind of didn't look too good to me, but this one looked amazing. Um, I like it. Like I said, the Spider-Man animated series wave... Or like the one, the retro card, it's pretty dope. If you haven't started collecting, I think you should probably do that. If you're a fan of the series, and if you're not, you can always watch it on Disney Plus. If you have Disney Plus, ten Legion, um, Legions from the uh, Age of Apocalypse wave. I don't know if there's ever been another Legion action figure. You know, I don't know. I've never seen one before. But I was like, I, I went past this. And I gotta see. I gotta get this. It's actually the only time I've ever seen a Legion. In the store, ironically. Usually, once you buy these things, you see them all the time because now you have it. I've never seen the Legion. I, like, a lot of these figures, once you buy them, dude, they're they're just... you. you it, it reminds me of... I don't believe scalpers buy all these things up, but it does remind me of how many collectors just don't have stuff in their collection or 
because now these things look really freaking good, you didn't want the past stuff. Yeah, past stuff might mean something, but if you open it up, it doesn't mean anything. So it's, it's that, if you're not ever going to sell it, it doesn't matter. Anyways, and number 11, from the Bring the Bad Guys On wave, Dermammu. I saw this wave come out uh, or be announced in 2020, the beginning of 2020 or something like that. Once I saw there was the Dormammu, I was like, I'm all over that. So I ended up getting that one. So those are my top 11's legends. Let's hit the six McFarlane ones I have. I got Peacemaker, both versions, where it's mass and unmasked. Obviously, you guys, as you guys already heard the story, I have the mass version that's signed by John Cena. The Batman Beyond that is actually signed by Will Friedle, who played uh, the voice acting of uh, Batman Beyond, Terry McGinnis, which is super dope. I never thought I'd get that. Um, there's a Flashpoint Batman, uh, which I, ha I have the masked and unmasked version of that. And there's a Red Sun Superman, which I is really dope. Uh, Robin, Damian Wayne version of Robin, which I've never, I, I think it's the only version of Robin I don't own, I didn't own until now. And Flash from DC Rebirth, which he, when he, when he does, McFarlane does do, uh, Flashes. They are dope. I'll give it to him. Like he could. And that's the, I think the thing that's so frustrating is when you see the other figures he does is outside Batman, Superman. They can be dope. It's just like he focuses so much on Batman and Superman. It's like, ugh. Um. So, anyways, let's get to my top eleven moments from the MCU shows. Top eleven moments from the MCU movies. And we're gonna start for the top. And I actually normally on these lists, I just write them down. I actually wrote down my top eleven moments. For both of these and then i end up going back and rewriting them in order of what i feel was uh the best to me and the reason i decided to do that is because there were so many good moments if you look at it we had four movies four tv was it four tv shows? yeah it was four tv shows um and to me all of them had different stakes but all of them just had some fun moments and i really enjoyed it in a year that we really need to get our entertainment back uh so anyways let's hit the top 11 MCU TV moment with an honorable mention of Wanda just having a strong presence throughout the MCU. She went from being a side character to taking the, the essentially an entire uh, city by hostages, but it that led to something bigger. And you felt, even though you didn't see it, see it the rest of this year, it just felt so much bigger. And I just feel like that's why it's an honorable mention. I just had to mention that. Number 11, Val, Valentina Allegra, DeFontaine, begins recruiting. Now, because everything was out of order, technically, Black, if there is never a COVID, she was supposed to make her MCU debut talking to Yelena. That's how, for those of you who don't know, that's how it was supposed to go. But I think it worked out better, her joining the MCU as Val in a Falcon and Winter Soldier. I just, it, to me, it just was like, it was such a great surprise, and uh, Louis Dreyfus is just a wonderful actress. She can do. We've seen her do comedy. She's had several hit shows. She's been on Veep, uh, The Adventures of uh, The Adventures of whatever that. Uh, Old Christine, Seinfeld, obviously, um, cameos on Curb Your Enthusiasm, et cetera, et cetera. But her having her in here, just showing the swagger, the confidence. And being a way different Nick Fury, um, female version of it, you just don't know where this is going. She's only made two appearances. That's why she's number 11 on this list. But each appearance meant something. Whether it was her showing 
a photo of Clint to Yelena and saying this is the person that killed your sister to her just interactions with U.S. agents saying exact quote was when things go down we're not going to need a Captain America we're going to need a U.S. agent and her also revealing a lot of stuff like her saying the government doesn't own the shield they don't that is a piece from Wakanda that was made specifically for Captain America you know like the U.S. government has no rights to it all even before then the U.S. government had no rights to it because vibranium was just having to be found you know so number 11 is that number 10 baron zemo steals the show in every scene he has he i get it if you think he was underdeveloped in civil war but we knew what civil war was about even even in civil war the bad guys that make the killing that, that end up killing that that those group of kids in the, in the comic book we forget about them quick when we see Iron Man and Cap battle each other. It just becomes such a important part of this more more important part of the story. And also, without that scene where Captain America's like, he's my friend and oh blah blah blah, we don't get the Captain America Sam Wilson doing essentially the same thing years later for someone who's not his friend and someone he believes in. And to me, I think you need a, you need both. But Zemo stole even and yeah, some of the, the dance floor scene was pretty freaking funny that's cool but it's more about just his demeanor and how he helped if anything bring together sam wilson and bucky barnes like like he he actually helped them come together which is pretty awesome number nine the ronin fights we actually see more of the ronin and that's why i was excited when they say hey we're gonna actually explore the history of ronin so we actually knew that he worked he was a hired hitter this dude was a mass murderer which we which we saw we saw like 10 seconds of it in endgame which i understand but actually to see him kill more and to see how he had had to come to grips with clint Barton had to come to grips with hey man this is who i am this is who i was at the time there's no excuse for it but no one's gonna come for my family because i can still do this and to see ronan actually be in action again was pretty freaking awesome number eight kate bishop arrives in the scene and to me she couldn't have had a bigger impact. When she came in, obviously we know a comic origin of it. She came in talking to the Young Avengers, but to have her come in and and to have her, I was so glad they did the way they did it because she didn't necessarily, like, usually in, in coming of age stories like this, oh, the mentor learns a lot from the mentee. Actually, nothing to do, actually had nothing to do with it. She had nothing to really depart onto, him, onto Clint. But what she had was a ton of fucking heart. And so... It was good to see her fighting the kingpin. You see what she learned by flicking uh, his cufflink at the trick arrows, and and she didn't beat him, but she was able to get away with her life, you know. And so to me, I just think every scene she was in was a very important scene. You see the chemistry between her and Yelena. How I could definitely see that pair ha- having coming up again, um, but also see that uh, she does deserve the mantle of Hawkeye. So good for her. Number seven, the kingpin enters. Well, well. <laughs> Or we'll enter the kingpin. Um, uh, Vincent D- uh, D- D'Onofrio. I finally his last name right. Yay. Um, his presence is still there. Yeah, it's going to be not a, probably a rated R uh, kingpin. But I don't think he I don't think he actually cursed. I mean, it was, he was very violent. But I don't think he ever cursed much or anything. Like, he still has the same demeanor. And he he's... Put it like this, dude. I'm looking forward. I will say this: if he's in more, if he's in Echo, I will look forward to that series next year. 
Um, it's it's clear. Look here, COVID happened. We know this, but it couldn't have worked out any better. The same day as Spider-Man Homecoming dropped, because technically Spider-Man Homecoming had a Wednesday release for midnight shows into Thursday. The same day you have Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio re-enter, but this time they're MCU canon. Come on, man. Come on. Like, this is going to be fun. Number six, Lady Loki unleashes hell on the timeline. Her, She was so blinded by rage that she ends up sending Loki back to the TVA while killing a version of Kang. And just, she has no idea what she's unleashed. Season two, only her, only Lady Loki and Loki know what's going on now. Everything else has been erased. So now I wonder how this is going to go in season two, which probably isn't going to take place until 2023. But supposedly... Loki and Lady Loki are supposed to be, supposedly, rumor has it, in the Multiverse of Madness. So I'm actually looking forward to that to see. Even, it's going to be a cameo, right? But I wonder how Loki can help Strange get through the multiverse. Because this is important. We could say Doctor Strange did it. But no. The way I see it is that this happened at the same time as Spider-Man No Way Home. So it's technically like a collaboration of... Uh, well, you're fucked. And so I'm looking forward to that. Number five, probably one of the, of the most shocking moments from any TV show was, it must be shocking, shocking in like, you didn't think Disney would go there. You might not have seen it, but Captain America kills. U.S. agent kills as he's Captain America. I didn't see that coming. And I actually... And me and Jonathan Esther, as you guys know, with all my reviews, I made fun of him because I said... He said, I don't see Disney going. I said, there's no way you give the black man a shield and you're not willing to go there. It would be a slap in the face to anybody who's, even if you're a white person, you probably don't necessarily like change. If you like comic books, you would know that, that, that that's not a real struggle. And, but to see U.S. agent kill somebody, and it was a microcosm of the world we live in where everything's being filmed, and it was just crazy to see that. Number four. Wanda becomes a Scarlet Witch, and to me, this was definitely the most underwhelming final uh, episode of a season this year, without a doubt, in my opinion. However, I just, I, however, there were some important parts. Whether it was Monica Rambeau take, uh, learning about her powers, whether it was the kids using their powers, you know, it just. It was very underwhelming, but then you finally see that that, that the outfit she needed to don in the dark hold. So Wanda becoming Scarlet Witch is clearly gonna be a thing. I mean, mutants are in the MCU. We know this. We now we're gonna need to know how they're gonna explain it. Because when I don't know when we're gonna see our first mutant, but this will be the cause of it. Number three, a version or no, what does it say? Kang arrives and Kang Ant Man is so screwed, dude. Ant Man and the Wasp are so screwed. Jonathan Major showed up. There was nothing else episode of what six could be about in Loki. And um, all the rumors, I would say, from each show, I don't think Falcon and Soldier had many rumors, but from WandaVision to Loki to Hawkeye, all the rumors were true this year. Jonathan Major was rumored to be in there. Even Doctor Strange was in a cameo that was filmed. They just didn't use it. So all the rumors were true. So 
you know, but this is gonna, this changes the MCU in a terribly bad way for the heroes. They are so screwed. Number two, the, the, the to me the best origin story that they could have shown on television was Wanda's in episode eight. Still my favorite episode from that series. One of my favorite episodes from this year period. I, I dare if I if I had to do a, a a ranking, which I have not, I'm not going to. Um, that's definitely if it's not one, it's two. But yeah, it was just a, episode. It was just so great to see her narrate her history, and it was so heartbreaking, but it was so necessary to see it. So, number one, we all know what this is. Sam Wilson takes the mantle of Captain America, and boy, oh boy, was that series fun. I don't care what anyone says. Everyone's a critique now person. Everyone's been to film school. Spoiler alert, they haven't. I haven't either. Um, but man, this was so fun to see. I loved everything about that series. I think it's the only series where I didn't like wait to watch any episode. I watched all episodes as they came out. So it was worth it. And the speech he said afterwards to the to the the senators was powerful. The writers did a great job. So, let's finally hit the final part of this last show of the year. The top 11 MCU movie moments. Number 11. The symbiote is in the MCU. Eddie Brock did not spend much time in the MCU. And when he was, he spent time in Mexico. So, fantastic. But uh, he didn't make an impact at all. Except, kind of did. And now that we know we're getting Spider-Man 4, 5, and 6. The symbiote will be a part of that, obviously. And Sony and Marvel clearly have uh, a relationship that's going to last beyond just this movie. Number 10, Blade is in the MCU with a voice cameo. I still don't think to this day we've actually had a voice cameo. And it was awesome because I remember being in the movie theater in that post credit scene with Dane Whitman. And he's about to touch his sword. All you hear is his voice say, are you sure you weren't ready for that, Mr. Whitman? Turns around, I was like, who the fuck is that voice? Me and the other guys in the theater, me and the other guys, I was like, who's that? That voice sounds so familiar. And and then next thing you know, we ended up like watching on YouTube or whatever. And I was like, that's freaking Mahershala Ali. That's fucking Blade. So that was a very unique way of introducing him. We still don't know where he may show up. With, with Moon Knight coming next year, Moon Knight, first of all, has a really interesting story um, already. I would assume there's going to be cameos galore in that thing as well. Like, even when I say cameos galore, I mean, like, real, like, real moment cameos. Like, things that will be just mentioned, you know, because Moon Knight can connect to so many things. And first of all, that leak of that outfit is bad ass. So looking forward to that. Number nine, Daredevils in the MCU. And yeah, some people may put Blade over this, but to me, us actually seeing matt murdoch and then seeing a, a rock being thrown through that him catching it seeing him use his uh, his gifts it, it it takes a step above because it got it, here's the thing right it got to the point where all these rumors about far from home i mean excuse me no way home they felt like the cm punk thing this summer it felt like all right this is different you know like once you had cassidy haynes and all these other people put, like like putting their name on cm punk coming back it was like no one's ever put their name on cm punk Everyone's always said, we think he's coming back. This felt different. Every rumor felt different this year about Far From Home. Whether it was Andrew and Toby and them not wanting to release the trailer. Then they had to release the trailer because it got leaked. To then 
Uh, just, just so many rumors that just didn't make sense that you just don't hear about. Like I said, and I'm, I'm with Nico. I don't usually watch shows. I'm like, eh, what spoilers? <laughs> you know, I don't. But this just felt different. Anytime I heard something or read something, it just felt like, man, this has to be real. You know? So, I don't know. Anyways. Number eight, The Eternals power up the MCU. This is a very divisive movie. In my opinion, this year on movies, Marvel went two for two. I mean, yeah, two and two. Uh, I could have done without Eternals and Black Widow, but I, they're still fun for me. But to me, the Eternals make things a lot more interesting as far as powering up the MCU. Now you need now Captain Marvel's power is needed. Kamala Khan was more powerful than you think. You know, Monica Rambeau is super powerful. This just adds a power level that's going to be needed for whoever the big bad is. As we don't know who the big bad is in Phase Five yet, everyone's still so disconnected. And we know the Ten Rings are so... I don't think, I think I said Eight Rings before. It's Ten Rings, obviously, duh. But the Ten Rings are so important to this. And they're calling to somebody who that is. We still don't effing know. But you know, with the power level going up, essentially, they are a very important part of MCU Phase 4. So, Number seven, Shang-Chi brings in dragons, which made me happy because that means we're going to get a little fing-fang-foom action. We're definitely getting a Fantastic Four. Like, to me, this brings in not just a... This brings in, uh, what? for as much as the mystic arts are in there right now, this brings in a whole nother genre of characters that we're going to see that's just going to be fun to watch. Number six, Yelena steals a show in Black Widow, and she steals a scene in every episode of everything she's been in. And to me, it's clear they have big plans for her in, to, in this phase four. I don't know where she's going to show up in next, but wherever she shows up, and she's going to be a threat. And when with it looking like they're putting together a Thunderbolts team, already have a U.S. agent who's unstable, and Yelena, who's already unstable because she's a fucking Black Widow. So I'm looking forward to that. Number five, the Ten Rings are something. We just brought this up a few seconds ago. I don't know what they mean. This is scary, though, because you may have a good guy controlling it right now, but his sister literally just brought back her own version of the Ten Rings, except now she's including men and women. I don't know how this is going to pack out. We obviously are going to lead to a fight between Shang-Chi and her sister, but this is this is scary because it's like, man, you have a what if strange, essentially, mixing with the Ten Rings, mixing with whatever Ten Rings is calling, mixed with whatever multiverse madness we're going to get with Kang. The, bring on the villains, I say, and... uh they won't, I, that, it's going to be hard to stop them. Number four, Toby and Andrew get closure. It was fun to see, it was fun to see these guys relive those moments, become Spider-Man again. Andrew Garfield did not have full closure. Um, he actually kind of got screwed, if we're being honest. Um, here's my thing. So, I was not a fan of Spider-Man 3. I was Sam Raimi trilogy. I don't think many people were. It was actually a pretty bad movie. Um, I I did like elements of it, um, but it was still a bad movie to me. Spider-Man 1 and 2 was not bad movies. The issues I had was there was a subplot of Spider-Man's parents having, like, being blow- whistleblowers, essentially. And it's just really weird stuff, dude. And the stuff that, did, that didn't need to be necessary. But to see him play that role one more time and to see him be the one to save Mary Jane uh, or Michelle Jones... 
it just fit and it, it just fits so perfectly and they they came right back into it I, i'm pretty sure this, this is this is not the last time we've seen either one of those guys play spider-man but if it is fantastic job number three shang chi becomes a player in the mcu to me this is i have origin movies it's top three iron man has to be one because it starred the mcu iron man, it just it will forever have to be number one because of the, of the phenomena i started but man black panther and shang chi are tied for two you know i just watched shang chi again um a couple weeks ago i thought and i was actually kind of scared to watch it because i was like man i'm not gonna like it as much no i like it as much you know it's definitely it was if it's not it's, it's top three but I, but for me as of right now it's probably tied for two with black panther number two tom holland becomes the best spider-man of all time and i and the way they did it mcu and sony this was clearly a collab i don't want to not credit sony but i don't sony don't think sony had the smarts to put this together who would have thought we would have gotten an origin story in reverse? <laughs> we got an origin story in reverse and essentially rebooted Spider-Man. Think about this. When Spider-Man got into the MCU, he was given everything. All of, his, all of his suits were tech. He never made his own suits. He never really had the struggle of Peter Parker. It was really He was a dumpster diver when we first met him. And he went to space. He did all this cool stuff as Spider-Man. And then we get to No Way Home, and essentially, we're starting over. He's in an apartment. He has no money. He has nobody. He's just he's just alone. He's making his own suits. Like I just don't think I'm I'm sorry. I can't give it to Sony. <laughs> I give I give him to Feige, but not Sony. Um, but because they allow Feige to have the freedom to do this, shout out to them. Number one, Spider Man breaks the fourth wall and breaks. The, every dimension possible um far from home i still haven't been able to rank it i actually would need to people a lot of people have asked me to do a show and i actually probably will do it of ranking the the, the mcu movies right after this year and i think that might be the second show that we do on wednesday uh, on in the new year because the first show is gonna be spider-man far from home no way home i keep saying far from home no way home reviewing nico and me but I might actually take some time to write it down and do a show based on it, uh, for my my opinion. But um, yeah, they they broke everything. They I never thought I would see Green Goblin from Sam Raimi. You know the Mark Webb Electro, the Mark Webb Kirk Connors, the Sam Raimi Doctor Octopus, all with this with Toby, Andrew, Tom Holland. Zendaya, Ned, like we saw something that I don't know if we'll ever see it again. That took a lot of egos being uh, humbled now uh, or being humble, humble egos. I'm, took, I'm sure it took a hell of a lot of money. And something funny, I, I read an interview with Tom Holland where Tom Holland said during the first portion of the script, a lot of stuff hadn't changed. Like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were in the script before they agreed to come on. I'm like, oh, that takes balls, you know, uh, to do, you know. And um, that was just a cool tidbit to know. I love behind-the-scenes stuff, you know. And so, yeah, it's just, I, I don't know if we'll see that kind of movie again, you know. 
um, that that's that's a special moment we all just witnessed, and I don't think it deli- I don't think it under delivered at all. I think it over delivered, and it's gonna make Spider Man Four probably be a whack one, honestly, for being because because it's been been out for what just a week. It's already over a billion dollars, and this is in a fucking pandemic. So um, I just don't think so. I I think Spider Man Four whatever it's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's not gonna be able to. It's not gonna top it. It's probably gonna be the greatest Spider-Man movie of all time. If we're being honest. So, anyways, that is the show for this week. Um, that is the final show of the freaking year. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for helping me grow, helping the confidence grow. As you guys know, it was a struggle to get Wednesday shows. Now I remember we would just sit there and be like, man, what to talk about? So we had like a lot of four or five minute shows, but then the content started rolling in. Your ideas start coming in and. Um, I had no time. I had no, even though I was really busy, uh, just uh, unexpectedly busy this year, which I'm happy about. Um, it was worth it. So, anyway, thank you very much. Have a good New Year. Be safe. If you're gonna drink, don't drink and drive. Use an Uber, Lyft, whatever. I am the Slow Chemical. I will see you guys for the match of the month on Sunday. We're out.